is The Jerry Callahan Show. You know, I'd love to come on this morning or any day and say, well, it looks like uh, things have improved. The situation has been diffused. We are not headed uh, uh, inexorably toward World War III. Sorry, can't say that today. We cannot say that today. We have... uh, uh, more discouraging news, including another uh, public appearance from our commander in chief, who I can imagine how you could possibly uh, engender less respect around the world. You remember when they said the adults are back in the room and we're going to be respected on the world stage again? Well, last we checked, Donald Trump was uh, getting deals done in the Middle East, getting the Abraham Accords done with. Uh, age-old enemies sitting down at the table and signing peace agreements. Uh, Joe Biden would like to, you know, make some deals in the Middle East, but nobody will answer the phone. They won't take his calls. It could be the most humiliating story yet in the four months, 14 months of the disastrous uh, Biden regime. The assistant, whatever she is, Victoria Nuland, uh, Secretary of State said, uh, yeah, there's biological facilities in Ukraine, biological, you know, little Wuhan labs all over Ukraine, and we're not sure what's going to happen with those. Uh, the Biden regime, uh, in making, in hoping to uh, make a deal with Saudi Arabia, you know, for more oil, released the 20th hijacker, a guy in Gitmo. Guy's been there 20 years because he tried to get in this country, he tried to participate in the 9-11 plot, didn't make it up in a jet, but he was hoping to, you know, kill a million Americans. He's going home now. He's going to probably do less time than uh, Viking man Jacob Chansley, the guy who uh, walked through the Capitol howling at the moon. Biden said, we're all going to have to pay more for oil because, you know, defending freedom has a cost. And we got a story from the Navy, the U.S. Navy. There's a... uh, a destroyer, one of our Navy destroyers, it can't deploy. It can't leave port because the commanding officer won't get vaccinated. They can't strip him of his command or kick him out because it's, I think it's tied up in court, but it's an insane story. We'll get to that. And uh, the biggest trade in NFL history happened yesterday. And I'm going to give you my winners and losers. I'm going to give you my grades for the Seattle-Denver uh, trade that sent franchise QB Russell Wilson to uh, to Denver. Lots of people love to just say, wow, they got a quarterback. Finally, they're dead. They gave up way, way, way too much. I don't think the Denver Broncos won this deal, but I guess we'll see. And finally, finally, if you're a fan of that 20-year-old uh, virtuoso piano player up in Montreal with the Montreal symphony. You can rest easy. They kicked him out. His, you know, he was, had the audacity to be born in Russia. So we got to punish him, get him out. And, uh, that's just the first step. Anybody, anybody with any Russian roots, anybody with family in Russia, we must destroy them, you know, for the war effort. Uh, we'll tell you about that stupid ass story and much, much more today's Callahan show brought to you by DCU, whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, or you're looking to refinance the home you love. DCU may have the mortgage program to fit your needs and more importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles that can make it so difficult and confusing. They'll bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org slash mortgage. DCU is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 466914, insured by NCUA membership required. All right, if you're like me, if you're like me, Craig, or if you're like me uh, to our listeners and our folks uh, watching on Locals, you've been watching lots of refugees, and it's heartbreaking. It is brutal. You just sit there and you go, what is that like? How are they coping? How do you do it? Particularly parents with little kids or people with old parents or grandparents in wheelchairs. It's just a it, they're brutal visuals, brutal video. And you watch and you say, where are they going? What are they doing? How do you get your life back? And I often ask this dumb question. We're going to start with a dumb question for a change, Ironhead. 
I'm watching and it seems like everybody has like one average size or small uh, suitcase. They have like a backpack and a suitcase. That's what they got. And they're leaving and they're, and they don't appear to be, you know, destitute. They have like nice winter coats and hats and suitcases. And I, I'm just thinking you were told you got to run, you got to flee. What do you put? What do you bring? I, I, my, my thought is every time I see it, so what do they do with their money? What about their bank accounts? If you're, if you're, you know, uh, successful, you, you got some, you know, whatever mutual funds, you got money. Is that all gone? Do they just think that's gone? Or do they find a way to get their money out and bring it with them? That's the first thing. And if you do, aren't you worried about some, you know, someone along the way, you know, stealing your stuff? But then they give you, someone gives you a suitcase, whether it's your family member or, you know, somebody in the military who's going door to door saying, you got to get out, grab your suitcase and go. What do you put? I mean, just clothes? What what about, you know, all the things? What about books? What about photos that you've had? What about memories? What about, you know, all the, uh, you know, all the, uh, whatever, toiletries? Do you bring all your time? What? What do you bring? First thought would be, I got to stay warm, right? Because it's friggin' cold and they're freezing. They're freezing out the refugees right now. People are just scrambling, trying to find heat because it's painfully cold in much of Ukraine and they got nowhere to go. But wouldn't that be impossible? Can you imagine being told, fill a suitcase, your life here is over, you're moving to Poland or Romania, what would your first thought be? I mean, you would, you'd grab a carton of cigarettes, right? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, uh, they're probably under the impression they're going back. So my first assumption was like insulin or medicine they need in clothes. Right. Well, see, I, I don't think they'd think that. I think they're, I mean, Russia is going to capture, if not all of Ukraine, they're going to capture half to that river yeah. down the middle. Or much of it, they're not going to capture. Maybe they don't capture Liev or Leave in the left side, on the west side, but they're going to capture much of it. You're going to have to uh, come to the uh, realization that your new life is going to be in Poland or in Romania or maybe in America. God knows we'll end up taking a number of refugees. Not and and I assume we'll vet them. Unlike the Afghanistan refugees who just jumped on a plane, came here and immediately got on the dole. Yeah. Um, very, very few of them who worked for us and very few of them did, did, did we owe anything to, but we're still given a whole new life in the U S we will do that for uh, Ukrainians. I, that will piss off, you know, Ayanna Presley in uh, the squad because they're mostly white and they don't care about white refugees, but they'll, they'll make their way to the U S they've made their way to Poland, Romania, and then what? You just unpack, start a new life. You got no nothing. You got no money. You got no uh, job. <laughs> your your pet's heads are falling off. It just <laughs> seems, uh, it's amazing how composed people seem. Because I think I'd be a, a puddle. I'd be a mess. My, my whole life is over. My apartment, my home, my house, my house is gone, bombed out. I, I, I guess it's a story for another day. But it's the kind of dumb things I think as I'm watching. What is in the suitcase and and how do you keep a kid you know from just crying all day how do you tell a kid that it'll be all right I get, maybe these are are tough kids tougher than i am but i can't imagine dragging two or three kids and and a lot of them said they left their pets they left them just yeah. what in the left them to starve or do you let them go in the street and they fend for themselves and I mean, how do you just leave a, a dog i mean or a cat yeah. i guess I guess you have no choice. Later, Sparky. <laughs> I would stuff. You know what I'd do? I'd stuff my dog in my suitcase. I'd find a way. He's only uh, 35 pounds. I'd find a way to uh, bring him to safety. You know what else I'd put in my bag? I'd, had, I'd put my cannabis oil. Because, you know, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? So, you you know, <laughs> you, you go through the, the checkpoints, military checkpoints. They find a little weed. What could go wrong? We're going to get to... Uh, the Brittany Griner story, because I was quite certain we would get to this point where some pinhead liberal in the media would say uh, it's because she's black, because she's gay. It's because, you know, nobody respects the WNBA, which is true. But we got a guy. We got a guy. Will Leach. I'll tell you who it is. Obviously, very predictable, very liberal. He's uh, he's upset 
And his question was uh, in New York Magazine, what if Tom Brady were detained in Russia? That's his question. I, I saw that on Twitter last night and just kind of laughed out loud. Um, what if Tom Brady, and as you know, he, uh, the, the headline or the line is, the takeaway line is, imagine if Tom Brady were being held by Russian officials right now. Uh, he's lamenting the lack of outrage, the lack of coverage uh, for Brittany Griner, even though she's the second best player in the WNBA. Did you know that? No. And I thought he, she and he was says the first. Tom, Tom Brady's the second best player in the NFL. And if he were detained in Russia, it would be an international incident. Well, a couple things. Uh, it is so what if she's the second best player? Who's the second best player in the, you know, International Dart League or, uh, you know, American <laughs> Bowling Association? It's it's and it's too bad that, uh, you know, WNBA is not a big deal, but it's not. Most people don't know who Brittany Griner is. And secondly, yeah, if well, secondly, Tom Brady would never be dumb enough to try to smuggle weed through Russia. I mean, at some point you say. She shouldn't have to do, you know, 10 years, but she's an idiot. She'd been there for seven years, back and forth. She didn't know they take this stuff seriously in uh, in Russia. I mean, it's the well, punishment doesn't fit the crime. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but she's a dumbass. And I think people would like to do something for her, but he, there's kind of more important things going on. Bad timing for Brittany. But exactly how would you approach, you know, Vladimir Putin at this point? I'm not sure, you know, he's taking Joe Biden's phone calls. He's like every other so. world leader. Yeah. You, uh, tell him, tell him, I'm, tell him I'm busy. Take a, take a message. But what are you supposed to do for Brittany Griner at this point? Yes, it's unfair. It's cruel. I hope she gets out quickly. But what, what, what does someone like Will Leach? And, and I, my only surprise is I told you earlier, I said, I, my money was on Jamel Hill to be the one to write this story and say, if this, if she were white or she were straight, you know, there'd be a, the whole world be lining up screaming, let her go. Um, that's obviously just the opposite these days. You know, you care that we care more about, uh, uh, these, uh, protected classes, minorities. And she, there's lots of politicians who would love to say, damn it. We got to do something, but what would you do? What would you do? We're uh, kind of on the brink of war with Russia. There's more important things to, to do. She'll be, she's, she's alive. We get to see her mugshot and good luck to her, but it just makes me laugh. The same column, by the way, same column. Uh, Will Leach says the, 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 the WNBA has to share the blame. And I'm saying, what did they do? They, they trade her to Russia? no, they don't pay her enough. They don't pay her enough because uh, she was forced to go to Russia to try to, you know, make ends meet. So <laughs> this liberals are so dumb when it comes to like economics. Like so, so Will Leach thinks the WNBA should pay their players more, and that way they won't have to go somewhere else to make money in the off season. So that's the basis for the you know the pay scale. Uh, let's pay them more so they don't have to travel to war-torn countries with their drugs and get in trouble. I mean, you pay, you get paid what you get paid. You get paid what the market dictates. It's just silly. I mean, I'm looking at the, I was just looking at the numbers. Uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, it's close with the WNBA and the NBA. The NBA uh, revenue is 7 billion, 7.4. I think it's over 8 billion. The WNBA revenue, 60 million. The WNBA <laughs> revenue, total revenue for the league, is about what Steph Curry makes in a year. I'm surprised it's that high. I know. Average ticket price, NBA, $90. WNBA, $17. Wow. Uh, I mean, average viewership, NBA finals, $15 million. Uh, WNBA, 230,000. <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't make the WNBA average attendance, NBA 18,000, WNBA 6,700. It doesn't make the WNBA bad, a bad product. It doesn't make, uh, you know, it, 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 it doesn't make it. It's not a judgment call here. What we're talking about is economics. 
You get paid what you get paid. You get paid what you're worth to the person paying you. The person paying you, the owner of the Phoenix, whatever they call that she works for and plays for, is supposed to say, let's pay all our players more so they don't have to go to Russia? What about the 12th man or whatever? I don't even know how many players are on the team. What if it's 10 players on the team? Do all the players get paid more so they don't have to travel to, to Russia? And what if they don't travel to Russia? What if they go to Israel or Turkey or somewhere else, France, in the offseason? Should you pay them more so they don't have to do that too? It's just so dumb. And I knew it would come. I knew it would come to this, and it won't be the last. Jamel Hill hasn't chimed in yet on how we would be making a much bigger deal of this if only Brittany Griner were white and straight. Well, this is uh, ridiculous. Brittany Griner is very stupid. And I'm only saying this because she's in Russia. It was well known that they had uh, Ukraine basically surrounded when she went through the airport and they were on the brink of war. And she still brought it through the airport. She couldn't just wait till she got to like Germany or wherever she was flying to. You know, and and we, I mean, uh, again, it's harsh, obviously. Yes. But she's been going there for seven years. She didn't know that they take this stuff seriously. She didn't, I mean, hell, you're in Russia. Get yourself some vodka. Have a good time. You don't bring cannabis or hash oil through customs or through your TSA checkpoint. Um, you know, when, whenever she gets out, I'll say she was, whatever, overpunished. If she got out today, that's a month almost, I think. I'd say that's that's tough. And a, she minute, learned less. a minute in jail is overpunishment for right. that. That's true. That's true. Just being just missing your flight yeah. is over punishment for a little cannabis oil. Uh, but the idea that we would care more if she were white and straight is absurd. And uh, I, I think I think most people know it now, know it now, and they look at it and they say it's it's a shame. It's too bad we can't do more. But there are more people who care about her. By the way, she's like the most famous WNBA player. What if it was some obscure bench warmer? That wouldn't even be a story. Be like, yeah, whatever. She's got people who are fighting on her behalf and she'll get out eventually and good luck to her. And she'll learn her lesson and we'll say, but, but the, uh, the, the, uh, the line from the story, just imagine if this were Tom Brady. Okay. Imagine, let me try to picture Tom Brady sneaking drugs through customs in Russia. Mm, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't, I don't see, see people flying with drugs to communist countries. So. Right. And, and it's, it's not like you're unfamiliar with it either. If you're un, if you're traveling through, you know, whatever, Albania and you say, I didn't know weed was such a big deal, but you're in Russia where you played. And I assume, uh, smoked a little weed, taking a little hashish oil in the last seven years, you knew it wasn't like the U S you knew it wasn't legal. So, Again, I still feel bad for her. She's sitting in a Russian jail in the middle of a war. She's like, when do I ever get out? But I'm not sure it's the fault of the WNBA or the fault of, you know, American politicians who are a little busy. Bad timing. Just chalk it up to bad timing, Brittany Griner. All right, let's get back to Biden because, again, you have a job. You have a job every day, and it's not easy. I never said it was going to be easy. Craig, I didn't say this job was simple, but you have to track the gaffes. You have to track the idiotic things our commander in chief says. And he's, he's rarely let you down. I mean, virtually every damn day we've had something. There was a couple things yesterday. One is not a gaff and you don't even have to play it. But when he went to Texas for whatever, a photo op to talk about, I don't know, energy was asked, by wasn't taking questions, but someone yelled the question about, uh, you know, can you do anything about oil prices? And he said, oh, that's Russia's fault. And he said a line that I hope, I, I mean, offend, it offends me. I wish, I hope it offends everybody. I'm sure it's probably along partisan lines. But it, he said, quote, defending, defending freedom is going to be costly. Or is it, I, I can't even read my, my writing, and I'm sure it's not even clear what he said. Defending freedom is going to have a cost. So the price of gas goes up, and it's going to spike, and people are pissed. And this all day you hear about it, stories everywhere, people tweeting and posting the, the price they paid for a gallon of gas. And 
I understand. Joe Biden, he lies. I mean, if he's talking, he's lying. Yesterday, he told a whopper when he said that it's not true that my administration is limiting the output of domestic oil and gas. Not true. On day one, first day in office, 14 months ago, he shut down the Keystone Pipeline. He limited oil production in the United States. Day one. We know there's a war on oil. We know the goal. Zero emissions. We'll play that. The economic advisor who said the insane part out loud yesterday. We can get to that. But, and it sounds just like a soundbite, no big deal. Defending freedom is going to have a cost. That, that's true, obviously. You're going to send weapons. We're sending weapons. And not all the weapons, though. Joe Biden stepped up yesterday or this morning. This is just breaking. And said there will be no MiGs, at least not on his watch, no MiGs going to the uh, Ukrainian pilots. Strange and surprising decision on the part of Joe Biden. Uh, I mean, stupid, but what can you expect? But defending freedom is going to have its cost. Think of that. Obviously, they want, we've gone over this before, I think it's becoming obvious to more and more people, they want higher gas prices. They want it to hurt. The pain is the point. They don't want you to drive. They don't want you to use oil. They want zero emissions. They don't want fossil fuels in the next, whatever, five, 10 years. They want to eliminate them. That's the goal. And they don't let a crisis go to waste. So they're using the crisis in Ukraine to, to, uh, stymie, stop your use of fossil fuels to roll it back as much as possible. And they're using the defense of freedom to advance their radical domestic agenda. How is that not going to, how is that not maddening, infuriating to everybody? Your president says, oh, you're going to have to pay seven bucks a gallon, but you're defending freedom. Again, we'll go over it. You don't have to pay seven bucks a gallon if these radicals in the White House didn't stop domestic oil production. If we drilled in Anwar, if we fracked, if we used the Keystone Pipeline, the price, the supply would go up and the uh, price would come down. But they don't want that. So they're putting in a nice little package saying, yes, you're going to have to pay more. And, and by the way, they're useful idiots on TV. Stephanie Rule on whatever, uh, MSNBC and, and Stephen Colbert and George Takei and all these wealthy elitist celebrities say, you know, we're sure, let's pay a little more. It's for freedom. It's for the poor refugees in Ukraine. Well, that's all well and good. We're giving them, we're sending them money. We're sending them weapons. We're helping. But the fact that you have to pay more at the pump is totally unrelated. You don't have to pay more at the pump to help Ukraine. You pay more at the pump because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the, this whole this whole regime want you to pay more, want you to use less, wants to wean you off fossil fuels. They're not letting this crisis go to waste. They're lying to your face. You don't have to pay more to defend freedom. You have to pay more to support their anti-oil agenda. But but they're going to use it and they're going to keep using it. And it's, it's just offensive Say, Hey, you know, if you want freedom in the world, in, in Europe and you, you want to help those poor dying refugees, just shut up and pay seven bucks a gallon. That should, that should piss off everybody because a it's, it's unnecessary. You know, the, the price of gas is artificially high and, and B those things aren't related. They, they, they're using it. They're lying to you. Something different, something different. But I don't know which I, I mean, obviously the lies he tells like yesterday saying, oh no, we're not doing anything. He, he actually said it's a lie. It's a lie to say he's limiting domestic oil production. It's a lie. No, no, it's a lie what you said. It's the truth what we said. But let's get to the, uh, the funny part. And by the way, he said flat out, blame Russia. Blame Russia. The invasion is 13, was 13 days ago. Do you remember? Oh, 14 days ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Do you remember what the price of oil was, the price of gas? It was skyrocketing. It is related, obviously, to Russia. But again, that's his choice, Biden's choice to not use our own natural resources, not drill, not frack here. Because again, 
again, the, the, the radical nut green new deal lunatics are running the show, but blame Russia. He's going to keep saying blame Russia, blame Russia. Is this Biden blaming Russia? Yes. All right, let's listen. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. We're approaching a record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record of oil production next year. He's such in the a, United States, a lying asshole. He's a lying. I mean, I, people always say, you know, Trump lied. Trump lied, and sometimes he did. He lied about dumb stuff like crowd sizes. He he lied about his golf game, his handicap. Yeah. Nobody, and I mean, not even Bill Clinton. Nobody lies as comfortably and casually and confidently as Joe Biden. I mean, that is a bald face lie. Well, that's the dementia right there. He true. just doesn't know. He literally doesn't uh, know. <laughs> but that didn't look like a dementia moment. That looked like obviously he had a script written and they're, you know, his people around him are just vile and they write that in there and they say, you know, just deny, just deny. It's not true, but just stick to your guns and deny. But I tell you what they can't do. They can't put the script in there for when he makes an off the cuff remark about people, uh, uh, appearing with him. He was in Texas. Where was he? Fort Worth yesterday? Yeah. Fort Worth. And again, every time I accuse Biden of anything, I get, you know, the first 20 tweets I get are, what about Trump? Trump did it. Trump said this. Trump, Trump. Um, I, po- I pointed out the other day that Andrew Cuomo is the biggest scumbag running free yeah. in the United States. And then I said, well, besides Bill Cosby, and that got quite a charge out of people. And you know, obviously my, my, my friend, Mikey Adams pointed out, what about OJ? And I'd put OJ, but OJ and Bill Cosby, they did hard time for their crimes. And OJ only killed two people. Cos didn't kill anybody. He raped a lot of people, the most prolific race rapist ever. Andrew Cuomo is responsible for the death of at least 15,000 innocent senior citizens. I put him right up at the top of the list and he's never done a day in jail. He should be doing life. He should be, uh, he should never see the light of day, but people forget though. OJ did time for stealing his memorabilia, not murder. That's true. That's true. But he did time. He did time. And you know, he got all fat in prison, eating Oreos and we followed the whole thing. He did time for stealing his own stuff, which was good. I liked it. It was kind of, you know, justice finally prevailed, but those guys did some jail time. Cuomo's did not done none and he probably will never do any He belongs in prison, but invariably I, I type that and you get a few people making suggestions and saying people who have, who are, who are free right now. Like one guy, I mean, there was a whole bunch, Robert Blake, you know, uh, whatever the, the people of, I guess Jeffrey Epstein, he paid a price, but uh, Bill Clinton, people like that. But I had a dozen saying, what about Trump, 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 Trump. Trump on his worst day is not in the same league with Andrew Cuomo. And again, he told lies, stories, dumb things. He liked to brag. He lied about his handicap. Fables. Nobody just matter-of-factly lies like Joe Biden. Nobody. I mean, sitting. we've gone over some of them. You know, he used to drive an 18-wheeler, you know, and just dumb stuff. <laughs> he was a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He was never a professor. He just makes it up. And it's always worse for a Democrat because they think that no one will call them on it because they're so conditioned to the media protecting them. They're so conditioned to the media carrying their water and nobody more than, than Biden. So he doesn't, he thinks he can tell lies and they'll just cover for him that he doesn't matter. He can, and, and so, it's so childish too, when you brag about, yo, I used to drive an 18 wheeler and you go, no, actually you didn't. <laughs> Or you fought corn pop, you know, just dumb stuff. Yeah, I, I went behind the gym and fought. I mean, corn like a pop child. was a bad dude. Yeah, corn pop was a bad dude. Like anybody believes corn pop actually existed. He's amazing. The guy we elect 81 billion people vote for just can lie so easily, comfortably, confidently. Anyway, this wasn't a lie. This was just a really dumb thing. And let me ask before we even play it. Can you imagine, can you imagine if the evil orange man had done 
had said what Joe Biden said in Fort Worth yesterday. <laughs> Let's listen. The three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball, and the other one looks like he could bomb you. So the three congressmen are standing there on stage with Biden. Uh, could you get a guess if you're just listening on audio? What uh, what color the two guys who could play ball? What color they are? Yep, they would be uh, African Americans, and the guy who could bomb you is a white guy with, I think, bald headed white guy looks like a looks like a badass. I guess is that what he means? He could bomb you. I don't know. <laughs> That's, there's, there's a lot of guess, room for uh, interpretation here. Uh, I guess he was, uh, you know, in the whatever in, in the navy, or you know, he, he flew flew planes at some point, but. He looks like he could bomb you. Uh, what if he were if he were Middle Eastern? Would that be okay? I mean, I, I realize it's Joe Biden, so everything's okay. He can say and do anything. He could say our schools are racial jungles. You know, he could say uh, Romney wants to put you back in chains. He could say if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. He ran a bunch you, of bad boys. When you say what you want about Trump, but the track record of. Uh, racist comments of Joe Biden over the last 50 years. That's second to none. I mean, second to none. And yesterday saying the black guys look like they play ball and the whatever guy, the white guy looks like he would bomb you. And there's never any, I mean, obviously you hear it, you'll see it on Fox news or talk radio, but anybody in the mainstream media pick up on that and say, what the hell is he talking about? Not really that this one of those ones, they just sweep under the rug. Yeah, it's so stupid, right? It's so they just write it off. You know, you get the, you say, well, that's Joe being Joe saying something really stupid. He's so sad. That is, that's he gets a chance to make like one off the cuff comment a week, and invariably it's really, really stupid. It's it's just amazing that a guy can't doesn't have the judgment to know that he probably shouldn't look at the two young black guys and say, boy, they look like I'd really play ball. They look like they could really run and jump. And the other guy, he, he looks like he could bomb you. True international suffered pressure. He's better when he doesn't speak, you know, English. But <laughs> Just look, keep on. Anybody say, what, what, excuse me, Mr. President, but Ducey, was Peter Ducey there? Mr. President, why does he look like he could bomb you? Even if he is a pilot, does he look like a, like a guy who would bomb you? Maybe he hell? meant like uh, like like a big punch is known as like throwing bombs or something. Maybe that's what he meant. But I okay, sure, I'd love to hear the answer to that. Explain it to me, uh, <laughs> Mr. President, Mr. President. All right, we got to get to this Navy ah, story. If you thought, if you thought the uh, COVID mania was over, and it's close, do you see? There's only one place left with a mask mandate. I believe it's DC. The D.C. school system, which is run by the Corrupt Teachers Union, are still forcing children to wear masks against all science. They're still abusing kids in our nation's capital. I believe Hawaii dropped their mask mandate. They were second to last. That's it in the whole country. Imagine having a kid and you send him to school in D.C. and you got to get up in the morning and rap and play. Just because the sadists... Because the monsters in the teachers union want to control, I guess, does to flesh their muscles. They're making kids in D.C. wear masks to this day. Nobody else, nobody else anywhere. But uh, poor, you know, little six, seven-year-olds in D.C. But we got to get to that Navy story and the 20th hijacker. And we're going to tell you, I'm going to give you my, uh, my grades, my breakdown of the, uh, of the Russell Wilson blockbuster. But first... Let me tell you about Shea Concrete. You know what Shea can do for you. They can get you some precast concrete steps for your house and really upgrade your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling and replacing an old staircase, an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. There are many options available, including concrete, or you can customize with beautiful stone or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. They take away the old steps, Bring in the new ones, and right like that, you got a better-looking front entrance. Uh, when they're done, you have a great-looking staircase that adds value. It's not just an expense. It's not. It's an investment. As soon as they're done, your house looks better. It's worth more. Look at it that way. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand-new front entrance. Check them out at SheaConcrete.com. Also, 
You can check out the jobs they have. Maybe there's one for you. They're hiring. They're always hiring. This is a great company that is kicking ass. Right now they have between 15 and 20 open positions at all four of their locations around New England. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. Sorry. Sorry, Brittany Griner. You're going to have to keep <laughs> slugging away at the, uh, in, in, in professional basketball because uh, you can't do drugs and work for Shea. So I can't do it. Today's show is also sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and don't forget to use the code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, for huge discounts. For example, the standard MyPillow, normally $69.98, is only $19.98 with code word Jerry. MyPillow is made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. That's why I look so good, so well-rested right now. I got two MyPillows, plus I have Giza sheets. I'm telling you, these are great products uh, from a great company. You get in there now, you 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 buy some stuff from my pillow. That means you support this show and you strike back against cancel culture like us. Mike Lindell is constantly under the attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from my pillow, you're helping out this show and you're joining the fight against the cancel culture mob. My pillow is not big box stores anymore. You know why? But you can get factory direct pricing when you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. You can get the Giza sheets, buy one, get one free. Half off slippers, six-piece towel set, regular $109.99, just $39.99 from code word, with code word Jerry. Over 150 products, just check them all out at MyPillow.com using using promo code Jerry. All right, let's get, before we get to Russell Wilson, this Navy of, first of all, we're, uh, again, uh, again, I'll say and repeat myself, but again, our president is an absolute international embarrassment. Mm. I, I don't want to be too harsh, but he called Saudi Arabia to talk to them about, you know, increasing oil output because again, their oil, that doesn't hurt the earth. Their oil's clean as the driven snow. no. No, no threat to the earth. No, no contributor to climate change, climate change, our oil under our ground, under our country, that's bad oil. Got it. Got it. If you're an environmentalist is the kind of logic you use our oil, our natural gas, bad, their natural gas over there. Good. So if you support the mullahs, if you support, you know, international terrorism and from Iran, that's okay because you're protecting the environment here at home. I think I have that straight. So we call Saudi Arabia. They say, uh, we're a little busy right now. Take a message. You know who Saudi Arabia talked to the same day they blew off? They blew off Joe Biden. Give you one guess, Ironhead. China. Close. They talked to Putin. (laughs) Probably talked to China, too. They talked to the man who invaded the sovereign nation next door. They wouldn't take a call from Joe Biden. I believe the, the UAE said the same thing. Sorry, we're busy right now. After, after we released the 20th hijacker. It is amazing. It's amazing. I, I mean, I don't know how much more damage. They got three more years or so. I guess a lot of damage. How much more damage this this regime, this administration could do before everybody agrees they are incompetent. A man accused, this is from uh, Reuters, a man accused of being the would-be 20th hijacker on the September 11th attacks has been repatriated to Saudi Arabia after two decades in Guantanamo Bay. Mohammed Mani Ahmad Al-Katani, 46, was transferred to his native Saudi Arabia after a review, bur- a review board determined he no longer represented a significant threat to U.S. national security. Well, who the hell represents a threat to national security when they're in Gitmo? No one. Everyone they've released, I shouldn't say everyone, like half, I think, or a third, a number of the people, uh, the scumbags they've released from Gitmo have joined the fight, whether it was in Afghanistan or Yemen or somewhere else. Uh, they don't, you know, get rehabilitated in, in Gitmo. Uh, this is a statement. This is unbelievable. The United States appreciates the willingness 
of Saudi Arabia and other partners to support the ongoing efforts toward a deliberate and thorough process focused on responsibly reducing the detainee population and ultimately closing Guantanamo Bay. They're thanking the Saudi Arabians who, you know, sent us the scumbag along with 15 other hijackers, but, but they're going to take them back. So we really appreciate it. It's amazing. After there's only 13, I mean, 13, 38 detainees still at Gitmo, 19 are eligible for transfer. Seven are eligible for periodic review board. Only 38 guys still down there. And obviously the Democrats determined to, you know, set them all free. And this is a start. The 20th hijacker who tried to join the fight didn't quite make it on a plane, but he can, he's only 46. He's got a lot of good years left in Saudi Arabia. After we did that, they still wouldn't take our call, which is amazing. There is no respect for our commander in chief. It does make sense on, though. They had, they had to make room for that uh, Russian pianist in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to him. The uh, couple of developments this morning, this thing is just breaking. We talked about it yesterday. Poland agreed to send a bunch of big jets to Ukraine. The pilots there, they know the MiGs, they know how to fly them. They have, they said they're going to give all their MiGs to Ukraine. And you say, that's good. They could use them. Well, there were two catches. First of all, they said, they literally say in the statement, free of charge, right? Mm -hmm. The uh, Republic of Poland is going to give it free of charge. The Polish Ministry of Foreign Affairs said in a statement, they're not doing it free of charge. They were doing it under the uh, uh, condition that the U.S. give them F-16s at same value uh, that they, they gave up. They were getting back in U.S. F-16s. So, as usual, Uncle Sap was paying the freight. I think I'm going to give him credit on this. Anthony Blinken gave it the green light. Joe Biden nixed it, said no, no deal. And I think it's smart because I think it would be a provocation. I'm not sure how effective the uh, Ukrainian pilots would be. Obviously, people are desperate. They, we're giving them stingers and we're giving them javelins and we're giving them all kinds of munitions. I think that Joe Biden viewed this as a unnecessary provocation and another step to, toward world war. And I'm not necessarily crediting for this move. It just appears to be a little bit of a discretion here, a little bit of let's wait and see uh, before we close the sky. And uh, I'll definitely we'll, give him credit for that, especially because I don't trust the things Zelensky's doing right now. There's too much like weird propaganda coming out. So I don't know what's yeah, real and what's I, not. I, I, I mean, I don't necessarily trust him either, but I do trust the photos and the video of dead kids. Yeah. Of dead. I mean, he's literally targeting them. Every report you see from the ground, they're literally targeting civilians. So you know what? I'm not giving him credit. Give him the MIGs, Joe. <laughs> as long as the Ukrainians are flying the MIGs, give him the MIGs. My fear is that this is a step... Russia's still going to keep rolling, still going to keep killing. What's the next step? You know, you, you, what's the next step? There are a lot of people and more people than ever in this country clamoring for war without really understanding the implications. As we said yesterday, the, I think the poll, I think the, uh, there's a poll on uh, no-fly zone and it's like 70% or more of Americans support a no-fly zone. There is no way any of them, I shouldn't say any of them. There's no way most of them understand what it means. We talked about it. The implications are a no-fly zone means we are going to war with Russia. There's no other way around it. I mean, even if they're you know, NATO forces, American pilots will be forced to shoot down Russian planes and to blow up Russian anti-aircraft artillery units, uh, anti-aircraft uh, batteries on the ground. If they're in Russia, a no-fly zone calls for us to blow them up. But that's about as provocative as you can get. That's the, that's a sure way to get into a world war. And I'll remind everybody what we talked about yesterday. A think tank um, did a model, a projection of what will happen if we go to war with Russia and the death toll that they estimate is 1 billion. 1 billion with a B. Billion. It's a serious place, a serious piece. You can read it on The Federalist. I tweeted it out. 
He's estimating this guy, this, this expert, this think tank guy said a billion people will die. So I think uh, discretion is called for here. And uh, I guess you give them the MiGs, they fly the MiGs. They're not ours. They're not our pilots. But my only question would be Russia's not going to stop. What's the next step? Your guy Zelensky has to make a deal at some point, even if he's, you know, the, you know, not the greatest deal, even if it means he has to whatever, give up. I, I, we'll see the details, but that, that's the only way to save civilian lives, to save this country. They're blowing up all these old buildings and churches and schools and everything else. I think there's no other way to stop it other than a deal. Make the deal, Zelensky. So um, I've had about 45 minutes to think about it now, and I've changed my mind about the go bag. Yeah, what are you going to bring? I'm probably just going to put all my guns and as much ammo I can fit in it. Yeah, I wonder if you could do that. I wonder if that, well, obviously, they're not letting men they're leave. Just, they're just passing them out over there, though. You know, they're just like, here's a, here's That's a. That's true. I mean, when you go grab, they're automatic. They're giving out machine guns. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I don't know how effective they are fighting them off, but uh, uh, I said this on day one. The problem Russia has is that no one's heart is in it. We're seeing it. The Russian soldiers, the Russian military, they don't want to be there. They don't want to be killing grandma which is what they're being asked to do by Putin. So that's why they're bogged down and Ukrainians are fighting for their lives. That's why they're showing so much heart. All right, quickly, let's get to this, uh, this Navy destroyer story, which is just almost laughable. Uh, I I saw this in a tweet and just said, that can't be real. A Navy destroyer can't deploy because the commanding officer won't get the vaccine. Aren't you just so sick of vaccine stories? It's like, oh, come on. An ongoing, this is from the Navy Times, an ongoing legal battle over where the military could force troops to get vaccinated against COVID has left the Navy with a warship they say they can't deploy because it's commanded by an officer they cannot fire. It's a standoff the brass are calling, quote, a manifest national security concern. That's from a court filing. Uh, the issue stemmed from a lawsuit filed uh, alleging service members' rights are being infringed upon by the vaccine mandate because of their religious beliefs. A judge issued an order last month banning the Navy and Marine Corps from taking any, any disciplinary action against the unnamed Navy warship commander for refusing. So I don't even name the guy. They can't use the ship because they can't fire the commanding officer and they won't... Uh, and they won't let them sail. There's 68 of these class, uh, Arleigh Burke class destroyers, uh, 24 of them in Norfolk, Virginia, and one of them is going nowhere because of this guy. And the story is bizarre. They went to, to you know, go to the ship, the authorities, and like, you know, and the guy was sick. <laughs> the guy was, he had a sore throat and a cold. And they, no one wanted to go near him. No, and they were, the, the, the crew has 320 people. They don't want him making everybody sick, so the ship is sitting there going nowhere until the uh, they can resolve it in court. <laughs> I man, I'm telling you, the, the, we got to get to that day where we're done with uh, you know COVID vaccine stories. What if you had the flu? Would you still do that? I mean, just That's tell him to isolate for a few days and come back and and sail and and uh, and be done. We we have to be done with vaccine mandates and vaccine stories and COVID stories. If it's an Omicron and he's a healthy young Navy man, he'll be fine in two or three days. Is, uh, is uh, Jack Posobiec a reliable source? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's well, he's the most prolific tweeter and he was in the Navy. Okay, we have breaking news. Then. <laughs> uh, breaking news. Joe Biden has sent Kamala Harris to Poland to solve the Ukraine crisis. I saw that. She's just arriving in Poland to greet the refugees. And again, I ask, haven't they suffered enough? <laughs> we Tomorrow, I promise you, I'm doing a preview for tomorrow's show, Craig. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have video, audio of some of the dumbest things mm-hmm. Kamala Harris has ever said or done. Sure just will. guessing, predicting. If there are cameras, and I hope there are, at the place she's greeting the refugees, uh, I mean, yeah, she's I don't gonna know be what she's going to say. She's going to say something. She'll be with the refugees going, Ukraine is a small country, okay? Right. <laughs> it's next to Russia, I, which is a big country, all right? <laughs> and it attacked that country, and now <laughs> here you are with me. She'll say, 
just like when I was a baby in my stroller protesting for civil rights, Ugh. you people just want freedom. Freedom. <laughs> oh, God, uh, it's going to be nauseating. I forgot about that. Speaking of nauseating, I don't know why these stories bother me so much. I don't know why I care about some 20-year-old Russian piano prodigy. But as I've said for like a week now, where do we get to this point where everything Russian is bad and everything Chinese was off limits? I mean, said this before. China unleashed a virus on the world, killed 6 million people, killed almost a million Americans. You weren't allowed to say China virus. AOC went on camera and implored people to go to Chinatown to eat and said it was racist if you don't go to Chinatown and pick one of those chickens that are hanging in the window for dinner. This is when we thought it might have been from, you know, a pangolin or a bat. So it really hurt business in Chinatown, and AOC said that was racist. Now you are required to hold this uh, invasion against everybody of Russian descent. You're required to uh, not you know, use Russian vodka or Russian dressing and you're required to kick handicapped athletes out of the Paralympics because their families from Russia. You're allowed to kick singers and dancers out of the, the, the opera in New York because they have Russian roots. It's a bizarre double standard. Hell, again, after the buildings were still burning in, in, in lower Manhattan, and you weren't allowed to mention that they were did it in the name of Allah, because that might that might incite some Islamophobia. So you, I mean, it wasn't debatable. You couldn't do it. You couldn't say China virus or Wuhan flu. You couldn't say, "Gee, why doesn't China pay for all the damage they've done to the world?" You know, that'd be racist. But now, you can kick a twenty-year-old pianist out of the Montreal Symphony Orchestra. And there's literally no backlash. The story's amazing. I think it just uh, yeah, it broke last night. A young Russian pianist who was set to perform with the Montreal Symphony Orchestra has been struck from the schedule after protest. The orchestra maintained its praise of 20-year-old Alexander Malafiev, who's been an outspoken critic of the invasion. So he's from Russia, He's against the invasion. He's getting ready to bring, bring, play the piano. And they say, no, 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 you can't. You were born in Russia. That's like North Korea stuff. Were you blaming someone for their... Oh, good. Is this uh, Alexander Malik, Malafif? Yes, I, I figured it'd be a nice music bed for the story. Excellent. Listen to Alexander. You tell me, isn't it a good thing we kicked him out because Putin invaded a, a neighboring country? He was set to perform tonight, tomorrow, and then next week in Montreal. The concerts will still go ahead, but not with Alexander because some Ukrainian Montrealers emailed the uh, Montreal Symphony Orchestra to ask them to cancel his performances, saying it wasn't about his stance on the war, but about promoting a Russian product. He looks like Whitey from Me, Myself, and Irene. Promoting a Russian product? He's a freaking person. He's 20. He plays the piano. And we have to kick him out because he's a Russian product. Man, this is bizarre. We have lost our minds. We have lost our minds. And it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. You're, if you're Russian descent, you know, you're going to have to you know wear a yellow star or something just so we know that we know we can discriminate. Against. We can hate you because Putin seems so strange, but... Just don't say China flu. I mean, China virus. All right, let's get to uh, Russell Wilson because here's what happens when you have a big trade like this and a franchise quarterback's involved. Initially, you say, wow, great deal, Denver. They got Russell Wilson, franchise quarterback, stud, tough guy, you know, not, you know, plays, plays hurt. Just uh, your, your initial reaction is the guy who got, who got the QB, because QBs are so important in today's game, they win, right? And then you know what you do? You, you go and you look and you say, what did it take to get him? I mean, it took a lot for Detroit, I mean, for uh, L.A. Rams to get Matthew Stafford from Detroit. Not nearly as much. And that paid uh, off. <laughs> of, you think? You think? <laughs> uh, 
they're about the same age. I think uh, mm-hmm. Steph's a little older. Uh, Russell Wilson's 33. He's, but here, consider, think of what they gave up. If he doesn't win, and by the way, he's uh, the third best quarterback in his division. I like Russell Wilson. He's in a division with Justin Herbert and uh, Patrick Mahomes. So not only is there no guarantee that he's going to win a Super Bowl, there's no guarantee or even close that he's going to win the division. The Seahawks receive, Broncos give up, Broncos Broncos give up uh, uh, the following. You ready for this? For Russell Wilson. Again, damn good quarterback, franchise quarterback, but Seattle's starting over. You know, they cut Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. They know they're not going back to the Super Bowl anytime soon, so they're starting over. They're going to have Drew Lockett quarterback. The Seahawks get two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, QB Drew Locke, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, and tight end stud Noah Fant. That is too much. I'm sorry. I don't know what the uh, second-best offer was for Russell Wilson, and I know quarterbacks, the most important position, you can't win without one. And he's damn good. And he's a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ, almost won another one. We all know that story. But at what point do you say, do you draw a line and say, two first rounders, two second rounders, Noah Fant? You say, a little bit too much. Let's move on to plan B, particularly if you think you're throwing it all in, you know, you're going for it. And he's got some studs, he's got some weapons, but. Again, they're in the division with Kansas City, in the division with the uh, uh, L.A. LA Chargers. The, uh, the the Broncos' offensive line is better than the Seahawks' offensive line because he's been getting smashed for like three years. I know, and he's, and he's tough. He missed some games last year. He went 6-8 and eight last year as a starter. But, uh, I mean, damn good quarterback. But he's 33, and he's he's taking some hits. I don't know how many years he has left. But I think of trades, you know, like Herschel Walker, the most famous trade, in NFL history, um, Herschel Walker, the, the the biggest trade and the most lopsided trade in NFL history. Uh, he was he went to Dallas. I mean, he went from Dallas to Minnesota. Dallas, you know what they got? They got a two-time Super Bowl champion team in return. You know, they right. got they got Troy Aikman. They got they got all kinds of stuff in that deal. Herschel Walker spent two years. With the Vikings didn't rush for a thousand yards either time, and the uh, Cowboys go on to win. I'm sorry, three, three Super Bowl franchises with the uh, return on that deal. Mm-hmm. They won three Super Bowls. They got a franchise quarterback. I think they got Michael Irvin too. I can look back and see what they did with all their picks. They got two first rounders, three second rounders, and a third rounder. That sounds like about what <laughs> Seattle is getting for Russell Wilson. And I mean, it's probably not going to be the number one pick. Um, it'd, be cl- it'd be top six, seven. All right. Uh, but it's going to be, you know, they'll get a quarterback at some point or, you know, unless Drew Lark emerges as a, a real good starter. Do the Patriots seems- though go after DK Metcalf now? <laughs> yeah. DK. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's uh, part of the rebuilding process. Could be. He's not going to the- want to do that though. No, but he, I don't know what choice he has. I'm not sure what choice he has, but seems like a bit much to me, uh, Ironhead. But we'll see. He's in the AFC. I guess we'll see him more or see him occasionally. That is a tough division out there now. And uh, uh, I don't know where I'd rank Mac Jones among AFC quarterbacks. I'm not sure he's uh, top 10 anymore. <laughs> he's He's good, but they got some studs. In this uh, in this uh, conference, including uh, including a couple right here in his division, Mac Jones uh, is a very accurate thrower, from what I'm gathering. But he which he is very important, right? But very he important. he can't step on it. It seems he's always throwing floaters there, and they, and they always have the chance of getting picked off by a safety. I don't know about on. that. He's smart. He's smart, and he's accurate, and those are the two most important things. But you're talking about real studs like Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and then Patrick Mahomes. And I love Josh Allen. Real studs. And eventually Deshaun Watson's going to end up somewhere else. Um, by the way, Deshaun Watson is scheduled to testify Friday, two days from now, in the lawsuits from the 20 uh, masseuses, massage therapists. And his lawyer, Rusty Harden, said he will be pleading the fifth. 
So he'll be testifying before a grand see, jury and saying nothing. See, that's where it and gets not, weird because I feel like he was way worse than Calvin Ridley. You think? Uh, <laughs> his gonna, suspension gonna hasn't come down now, but it's coming. I can't imagine trading for a guy who's facing, I don't know, a year-long suspension and maybe, maybe uh, criminal charges. It's a tough situation. He's a freak. He liked masseuses to uh, work on the inside of his uh, inside of his uh, ass. So did That's Peyton how, Manning. People forget. Uh, no, I, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't think Peyton was quite the freak that uh, Deshaun <laughs> is. But we will see how it goes on that front. Uh, you know, good luck to Russell Wilson in Denver. But if I'm Seattle and I'm not like I wasn't expecting to win the Super Bowl next year. I'm pretty excited about the uh, about the mother load you got in return, and we'll see what that turns into. If they if they draft well, they're going to have like a, a five or six year run just based on the return they got in this uh, deal. I'll give the uh, Seahawks an A, and I'll give the Denver Broncos a C minus. Those are my grades. My grades for the trade. You too many picks. I, I yeah C. C plus maybe two first rounders, man, that hurts. But it has to anyway. pay off in the next year or two, or else there it it's you know complete sh- uh, crap. So. Yep, we'll see how it goes, but uh, we will leave it there for today. We'll be watching. We'll be watching the refugee crisis as Kamala Harris is <laughs> at the border, ready to greet these poor people. Oh man, I just can't imagine all they've been through. Hopefully she gives him like a bottle of water or something. I hope she doesn't think meeting and greeting with her is uh, is a thrill for these poor folks. But good luck to them and everybody in the war zone. We will leave it there for today. Thank you to everybody for watching, listening, and texting. I didn't read all the texts you popped up there, but uh, did you? Did you read all the texts? People just commented and asked the questions. And that stuff. But then uh, you kind of yeah. answered some of them as you kept going, so... That's what I do. That's what I'm here for. Answer your questions. Answer your questions. All right. Thank you to Ironhead. Uh, This is the Callahan Show. I'm Jerry Callahan, and we will see you tomorrow.